Welcome to Perfect Politics, the podcast that talks about heist movies and the news. I'm Sam Lindsay. And I'm Milan Patel. And tonight, we talk about the movie La La Land, chaos in Congress, what's really going on in China. But first, we start off by condemning the actions of Sam Lindsay. You dressed up as the Confederate General Stonewall Jackson in the third grade. Admit it. It was a school project. I had to dress up as someone from West Virginia. You should have dressed up as Randy Moss. I've already apologized for this. Where were you on 9-11? Where were you on January 6th? So you're agreeing it's a genocide? Yes. So we're saying the same thing? No. Listen, I'm not a libertarian, but... Listen, I'm not a libertarian, but... Crack open a newspaper, buddy. It's crazy in there. All this and more tonight on Perfect Politics. Did you know that we were going to have people on the roof? No. Do you know? I assume they're fixing stuff. I don't know. <laughs> They're like painting. It's weird, like how they they um they take so long to fix stuff inside the building, but then they'll just be like, well, "Let's repaint the outside." Um, it's like who cares? <laughs> our our place is a few different colors. Yeah, it's like it's green, and now it's like white or something. I don't know. What what is there like a reason that they repaint? Because this is like the second time they've done this in a year. It seems like. It, I want to say that someone's not doing the job. Okay. I want to say that people have attempted to paint multiple times. And then they just messed it up the first time? Or they're just like, nah. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I it's don't know. inexplicable. I mean, our our house almost looks like a Rothko painting. <laughs> it's like it's like a lot of different shades of green. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even notice that. But yeah, it's 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 like it's like three different people tried to paint it. Yeah, they and then they gave up every time. They can't color match it somehow. The house is cursed, obviously. That's like a sign of a cursed house is when it has like two it's been painted too many times. It's a very spooky, very Halloween. It is it's on Halloween theme. We got yeah. some tarp on the roof. Maybe they're reattaching tarp. I don't think that's a, that's my issue is like I don't think they're fixing cuz we need the tarp for when it rains yeah. cuz the roof leaks now. Yeah. Um, but they're not fixing that. They're just painting the outside, which does nothing for the structural structural integrity no, of the building. I, I don't care about paint at all. I mean, maybe if I owned my own house, I would have something to say about yeah. what what the paint color is. But there's not a part of me that that's upset about our multi green color. No, it doesn't. So. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. I've never like brought anyone over, and they're like, they're like, I am not going inside. There are three shades of green on this wall i do want that tarp to get secured locked down I we're know. supposed to have a wet winter are we are we that's what they said okay. which is such a brave thing for like a meteorologist to say a wet winter we're gonna have a wet winter normally yeah. it's like a 10-day prediction it's like tomorrow it's gonna rain but some meteorologist has to be like for the next four months it's gonna be wet the whole season it's gonna be a wet season to predict a whole season that's easy for it's like less work for him though in the long run yeah. If he can just predict, he just predicts entire seasons and he's like, all right. It's a long bet. I'll see you guys in spring. Exactly. <laughs> and then it's like, dude, you were wrong about winter. It's like, instead of gambling on your like team every week, you're like, they're going to win the championship. Yeah. I've gambled on it. And then you're just not wrong until the end of the year where it's like you lost. That's, I never thought of uh, weather journalism. I, I, I guess it's journalism. 
weather journalism yeah. like sports journalism where it is just making predictions and it doesn't really matter if you're wrong or right no you're betting on the future yeah um you're in a futures market and we don't really care if you're wrong or right it's a personality game it's a personality game we, we care about weather men and weather women who are fun not when they're right yeah yeah they just have to have like nice graphics like good graphics like a, a cool sun graphic or a good take yeah. Just give me a good take. <laughs> give me a good take. Give me a good take. If you tell me it's going to be a wet season, I kind of like that. It's like, all right, that's bold. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be a wet season, folks. Because of El Nino. Grab, yeah. <laughs> they always blame El Nino. <laughs> it's like the the scapegoat for rain now. <laughs> it's El Nino. What do you want us to do? It's about El Nino. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was a, uh, or there, yeah, there's a hurricane in like Acapulco in Mexico. Okay. Category five. Okay. Um, pretty bad. It was it was a tropical. Gulf of Mexico. Um, I don't know where it is. It's it's the the city or the part that got hit the most was Acapulco, wherever that is. But um, okay, yeah, it happened over the last couple days, I think. Gotcha. And still happening, maybe. So category five is headed for the east coast. Category five, yeah, El Nino. I guess El Nino. Yeah, it would have hit. It, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll have hit. It'll have hit. Yeah. We'll see. Um. Yeah, what was I gonna say? Uh, welcome to we're, welcome to Perfect Politics. Yeah, huh? I'm Sam. I'm Milan, and, and uh, a lot of stuff's going on. Yeah, this was like a busy week week for me, but nothing interesting happened. It's like one of those weeks where you're just like it, it flies by, but you didn't do anything interesting. Yeah, you know, I don't know how you feel, but I handed you a non-alcoholic beer the other day that exploded in your hand. Yeah, those. This top, you try to give somebody an assist and then it just blows up in your face. Yeah. That was probably the most interesting thing that happened to me like all week um, the beer exploded. They keep exploding though. We got a six pack of them and they all... All of them exploded. All of them exploded. Yeah. Which is what you get with craft beer. Um, I didn't know that you told me you worked at a brewery. Yeah. So that's like a thing with kegs and just sometimes like packages. Yeah. When you're making small batches and you're not on your game... Uh, like one of the big problems is it just like the carbonation explodes when you open it. Okay, I didn't know that. I worked at a distillery. Did I tell you that? No. Okay, I work. I've never not a brewery, but it worked making. They made like vodka, tequila, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it was it wasn't a great job. It was. Just, I think it's just it seemed cool in Portland where people are th- you tell people that you work at a distillery like a craft distillery and they're mm-hmm. like, that's so cool and it's like well i mostly just move around pallets all day and we have pretty bad regulations so i i could die here you know <laughs> yeah oh man <laughs> I, th- I think one time the there there was like smoke somewhere and and the owner of the distillery was like everybody get out there's like a fire <laughs> and then we all had to like evacuate really quickly and, and it ended up being nothing but it's like if, if you have even the tiniest fire in a distillery, everything explodes. It's not good. No. It's not good. I was delivering kegs in a van that was not refrigerated. And so I would just like bungee cord these craft beer kegs yeah. in a raggedy van. And then I would deliver it to a, a bar and I'd have to like hook up the keg. And then you have to like run a few pints through or whatever to like prove that you it's real yeah that it's not water <laughs> it, it was yeah it was like always a disaster i'd be like just get it's gotta sit for a minute yeah give it a minute to sit i don't but it needed way more than that it needed more than that it yeah. needed more professional attention than that right yeah 
I I only I worked at a restaurant once and they sh- they showed me how to hook up the kegs a few times yeah. and I never actually learned how to do it. Um, but I, I, I witnessed it being done a few times, Yeah. but yeah, you got to run it a little bit. You got to let the, the foam come out. There's like a chemical process that you run through the line. Oh, is there? We didn't yeah. do any of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny when people talk about like craft beer or like craft liquor, you're really just getting a shittier product sometimes. Like oh, yeah. the flavor is better, but like all of the handling, all of the safety measures, totally. all of it's all, it's the all shitty. Concept is elevated, but the execution sucks. No, no. You want, you want an Anheuser-Busch truck coming your way. Yep. That's going to be unfoamy, unexploding beer. Yeah. Yeah. And like... They are so committed to beer coming out of the tap well if it's Bud Light. Yeah. Because they represent something bigger than just this individual yeah. thing. When you work at Bud Light, you're part of something bigger than you're yourself. You're part of something huge. <laughs> you're part of something huge. You're part of something huge. Um, yeah. So, yeah. The non-alcoholic craft beer game in Los Angeles is exploding. And liter- yeah, it is. literally exploding and, into our hands because the beer's not good yet. It's not. They don't know how to make it yet. Tastes good though. It's nice to have some non-alcoholic options. I like it. Yeah, I don't. I don't drink. So I always kind of made fun of people for drinking non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. I mean, and I'm saying like two months ago, if you would ask me, I'm like, well, that stuff's lame. Why do people even drink that? And now I drink it and I like it. Yeah. Um, because it's refreshing sometimes. I still think it's silly, but yeah, I will drink it. Yeah. Um. So. I would I would like uh, something in between. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to drink less. Give me a two percent. Give me a three percent. Oh yeah, like a Rattler, maybe something like that. Yeah, we're working on it. The market, you know, it's advancing. We well, yeah, we can develop a one percent beer. <laughs> it's just gonna confuse <laughs> the one percent. <laughs> the one percent. The beer. top one percent. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be bad for everyone. Like recovering alcoholics are going to drink it and be it's going to be a little too much it's gonna be a little bit too much to be like a non-alcoholic deer so they'll fall off the wagon i'm micro dosing you're micro dosing alcohol yeah that's a good way to promote it actually <laughs> you want to micro dose your alcohol all right well that's a product that you can get from our store that's launching soon Microdose beer Mic- yeah you micro-dose. can microdose alcohol through our one percent beer one percent beer that's what it's called for the one percent for the one percent <laughs> um yeah, other than that, um, I, I'm going to San Diego today. Yeah. And I'm a little scared because it rained, and I'm afraid that it's going to be raining on the way there. Mm-hmm. Last time I drove to San Diego, I got a ticket because it was raining, and uh, I was speeding. No. And they don't allow you to speed on the freeway to San Diego because the cops have nothing to do. No. In, yeah. L- in L.A., it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, I've never even heard of someone getting a speeding ticket on the freeway in Los Angeles. They they have no infrastructure for it. No, yeah, imagine. which I think is beautiful. It's great. It doesn't matter. I don't think it lead. I don't think that's the thing leading to crashes. Is people there's so much traffic yeah. for the most part that like if you really want to race, you got to do it in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. and they're not after you. No. Um. So I got pulled over last time I went to San Diego, and the cop was he's one of those um the highway patrol guys and mm-hmm. they're just uh you know they're just they're just dumb and sure. he like pulled me over and he w- he was like he was like why are you you know why are you going so fast and and i was just like i i don't know i'm sorry like you know you can give me a ticket if you want I'm, I, I apologize and he was like no, no no tell me why are you going so fast tell me <laughs> and i like i don't know what to tell you know you don't know what to say in that situation and i was like i i don't know i just i I thought it was okay. I'm not from here, I guess. I don't know the speed limit. Yeah. And he was like, I've lost six people today. 
you know, see, you see how wet it is. I've lost six people on this road today. And I was like, okay, how? They're not yours. Yeah. You lost six people died on the freeway. That's crazy. It doesn't sound real because of a drizzle. Um, and I told him, I was like, I thought you, cause he was doing the thing where he, they like, uh, yeah. they serpentine. Right. And in LA they do that because, um, there's a crash or because like there's something, some debris on the road. Right. And I was like, yeah, I thought you were doing that because there was like something on the road and he was like, there was a tarp. And I was like, what? He's like, there was a tarp on the road, but I cleared it. <laughs> I was like, all right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. <laughs> So he gave you a ticket. No, he he let me go. Oh, but cool. He, he gave me he razzed me for like a good ten minutes. Gotcha. Um, he just wanted to let you know this. Who's is boss? Yeah, yeah he wanted me to let me know who's boss. It was a weird situation, so I'm just gonna take it slow on my way to SD today. Yeah, that's the plan. Have respect for the laws and the road. Yeah. Speaking of LA, we watched uh, La La Land. Uh huh. This week. Yeah. We watched two movies. We watched La La Land and Moonlight. It felt right to watch both. I know. It's our, our first time doing a double feature, but this was the one to do it for. This is the one to do it for. Um, they were finished first and second at the Oscars. I don't know if you give La La Land second place, but they called out their name by accident. So, but so Moonlight by, won. by default, La La Land I'm giving was them the second, second place. best movie. It's even. the only movie in Oscars history that gets a second place. Yeah, even though there were other movies nominated. Yeah, like, but they didn't get fake called. They didn't get fake called. So yeah. automatically, La La Land was the second best movie of the year. Um, I guess I want to ask which one, before we talk about it, which one did you like most better? Yeah, uh, Moonlight. Moonlight? By a lot. I liked Moonlight. I thought it was good. Got a little bit boring, sad. Um, but the movie itself was really good. Yeah, I I did like Moonlight better. Um, although it was only like slightly better. Okay, because just for my personal tastes, um, I don't like watching. I knew what I I I knew in my mind what Moonlight was gonna be just yeah. from the cover and people talking about it. And I watched it, and it was exactly what I thought was gonna be in my mind. <laughs> I thought it was more um real. It was more real it, than it you expected? Than I expected, yeah. I thought it was just a very human, good story. Yeah. Um, it's a black story. It's a gay story. Mm -hmm. But, like, ultimately, it's just about a guy going through life. It's, yeah. And I liked it. It got it gets a little boring, but I liked it. I thought it was a, a good movie. I, I liked it, too. It's just, uh, it's it's brutal, and I kind of knew it was going to be kind of brutal sure. in moments. And I don't like movies like that that make me sad, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I, I refer to this movie as uh, Gay Precious. Yeah, Gay Precious, I think, <laughs> is a fair title for, for what this was. But it's better than La La Land. It's better than La La Land. I didn't watch either of these two movies when they came out. Yeah. I was 22. And a 22-year-old man is truly unapproachable, unreachable. Yeah. He's off the grid. He's off the grid. He's drinking. Is He's he in college? Party. Does he have a job? You can't find that man. It doesn't matter where. You can't tell that man is. what to do. No. And so... He's not watching the Oscars. No. So <laughs> I don't, I'm not a big fan of musicals. So I was like, La La Land was never going to be it for me. Yeah. And then Moonlight, I was like, this is going to preach to me in a way I don't want to be preached to. Yeah. Um, so I ignored both of them. Uh, but on the watch, I don't know if I'll watch Moonlight again. I got it. Me either. I don't, I don't think I'll watch it again either. Acting was great. Story was cool, et cetera. Don't need that story again. I will certainly not watch La La Land again. That movie sucks. <laughs> you won't. You won't choose to watch it, but somebody might maybe want so. to watch it with you. 
I don't like that. It's. I think it's the whitest movie I've ever seen. It's pretty white, yeah. Moonlight is not the blackest movie I've ever seen. No, <laughs> it's just a movie. No, and I would. I would say La La Land is gayer than Moonlight. Totally. <laughs> it's a much Even, gayer. But in, in like a Christian way, a where Christian like way. I don't know if there are any gay people in the movie. It's repressed gay. Very repressed. I, gay. I think both of the leads are gay in that movie. Very and Republican congressman it. gay. <laughs> La La Land is. Really? Ryan Ryan Gosling is like a Republican senator who. That's like his story before he becomes uh-huh. a Republican senator. <laughs> yeah. He was like a guy that liked jazz. Yeah, this is a prequel. He, so Ryan Gosling likes jazz and he plays jazz piano. And the whole thing is that like nobody likes jazz anymore. Nobody likes the old school. Nobody understands jazz anymore, which particularly sucks because LA in 2015, 2016 had like the most healthy contemporary jazz scene in the world. Yeah. Uh, the Epic came out, which is a Kamasi Washington uh, album. Um, I listened to a little bit after you told me about it, and it's good. I loved it. It like got me into jazz. And he's a guy who grew up in Englewood. Um, Who's like from L.A. From L.A. The yeah, uh, like high school friends with Thundercat. Yeah, and Flying Lotus. And Flying Lotus, just to give some history, is a nephew of Alice Coltrane. Right. So not only are these guys from L.A. like super into classical music, been friends forever. They're descendants of like the legends of jazz. Yeah. And they're excellent musicians themselves. Like yeah, uh, Thundercat is an excellent mu- musician. His brother dr- uh, plays drums. He's an excellent musician. It's like they live in this. They grew up in this community of playing music and instruments and being amazing at it and also like modernizing it for and popularizing it for you know young people and i just can't stress enough how much because maybe not people haven't seen la la land i can't stress how annoying ryan gosling is about his jazz taste yeah and saying that nobody's into music anymore nobody likes music he takes emma stone to uh, a real jazz club and his big his big takeaway is like, look, they're just improvising off of each other. It's raw. It's bad. It's it's you know it's 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 all in the moment. And then he's like, look, now the trumpet player is gonna do his thing. It's like, <laughs> okay, so you've never seen a band like Jam before. <laughs> I I had the opportunity to go see Thundercat, and then Flying Lotus was there as well, and yeah. also um, Earth, Wind, and Fire played. I mean, it was just like this crazy eclectic group of right. talented musicians, and they're jamming. They're like playing off of each other yeah. for for long periods of the song. It's everything that Ryan Gosling is acting like doesn't, doesn't exist, exist anymore. And it was so popular at that time. It's such an important part of like LA music culture. Yeah. Um, And there are black people in La La Land, but they're no, all they're like are. 80 yeah. years old and they're past their prime. It's like, look at these, look at these jazz guys. And it's like, no, there are, there's young, there are like young jazz guys. But Ryan Gosling's character does not want to hang out with young black people. He only wants to hang out with black people that are over 50. Yeah. <laughs> he joins John Legend's band. Yeah, John Legend is like, I guess, the villain of he's the movie. He's the villain in the movie, but only because he's a successful musician <laughs> yeah, who invites... Who, who offers Ryan Gosling a job <laughs> to be in a band. The evil thing about John Legend's band is that he uses a drum machine. Yeah. Which has been popular in music since the 80s didn't you say like and also like prince was using drum machines yeah 1999 the 1982 album yeah that prince came out with was like revolutionary drum machine yeah and the roots love it and that inspired that like the drum machine has plenty of history yeah people a lot of talented people use it there's just a really funny scene where they're like playing a song in the studio and then 
you know they're all they're all playing their music and it and it cuts to Ryan Gosling and he's like you know he's trying to get into it he's playing his piano or his keyboard and then it cuts to the drum machine and it makes like a god awful sound mm-hmm. that people wouldn't actually put into a song like the the sound that this drum machine makes is like incomprehensible it's like I don't even know if drum machines make that right. sound the movie is basically being like see it sucks see it sucks AI is bad <laughs> this movie um, would have made a lot more sense. If instead of Ryan Gosling being a jazz musician, he did improv. It should have been about him doing improv. Yeah. It would have been way more lame and no one would have liked him, he, he take, but it would have been real. Yeah. So like just reimagine that scene where he takes Emma Stone. He takes he takes her to UCB instead and they're watching improv and he's like, look, see, they just play off of each other. Now, <laughs> now that, that, that short Asian guy is going to do something. <laughs> I just want to open my own improv studio, and then we can say whatever we want. Yeah, and then we can we can we can do the kind of comedy we want to do. <laughs> it's like how every improv cult starts. Yeah, yeah. Ha ha land. It's such a red flag <laughs> to be an artist who wants to open your own studio. Yeah, it's like that's not gonna further your art. You no. just want a little place. You want a club. You want your own hangout. Yeah. S- station. Yeah. Sounds like no one likes what you do. So you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna create your own thing. Yeah, you're gonna put yourself into immense amount of debt so that people <laughs> will hang out with you. Isn't that sound like every restaurant owner who's like or like bar owner that's like I'm gonna open up my own bar? It's like okay, that doesn't make you. That's not gonna fix your personality. Whenever I fantasize about owning like a restaurant or a bar, I am that toxic figure. It's like what what do what do I want to where do I want to hang out all day? Right. Those are the worst places. Those are the worst places. <laughs> when yeah. the owner wants like I want to I want to have the like owner's the, there. I want to have like the corner booth. Yeah. I want to pretend like I'm the mob boss of my failing restaurant. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the worst places. <laughs> Those are the worst bars. <laughs> You walk in, the owner's there again. You're like, oh god! It's like, it's like I'm he, like he. It's like he's my boss now, right? <laughs> and I'm the patron. You know, I'm his boss. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah. So that's how I think I, if I were to edit La La Land to make it honest, it would have been improv instead of jazz. Yeah, which is a slap in the face to the real jazz community of L.A. <laughs> I know. Even now, like, there's jazz night everywhere. No, it's crazy. Like, it's more popular. I mean, I don't want to say it's more popular than comedy, but like, I see it in conjunction with comedy a lot because, like, you'll be walking down certain streets, like Highland Park or like you know Glendale, Atwater, wherever, just streets that are popular. And there's always like a jazz thing happening, yep. or, or oftentimes there is. Yeah, we perform comedy at a wine bar called Eno Vino, and they do comedy pretty much every night. Yeah. They do jazz night once, and like they are not afraid to be like, yeah, that's our most successful night. It's their most successful night. They, If you combine all the nights that they do comedy, it probably doesn't match how much they sell in drinks for the jazz night. No. Or, yeah. So... LA is doing fine with jazz. Ryan Gosling lives in a fantasy world that he's created. Um, I don't know. I don't want to, I do want to talk about Emma Stone's character, but um, she's kind of boring in this movie. Like she wants to be an actor and um, she's interesting. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't want to say boring. Like she's as interesting. They're both boring. They're both boring, but I thought Emma Stone's portrayal of like being an actress in LA was more accurate. Yeah, I know. Yeah. She lived with three other girls who were just like hot girls who go to parties. Yeah. And they have a fun song before they go out. They go out to like a what's going to be kind of a lame, lame LA party. They mm-hmm. have a fun song before that where they yeah. try on different dresses and stuff. And yeah. this was before the pandemic. So there was no like Zoom. Um, uh, 
what's it called a tryout what's it called an audition? auditions yeah no more aud- so she was doing like real auditions in person yeah and that seemed good i would like to see the remake of la la land seven years later where it's all zoom auditions that she has to do <laughs> it's like a much sadder movie and also like the like if i were to remake la la land like ryan gosling would be an aspiring dj he would not be okay yeah uh, i like that yeah he would not be a jazz musician one thing i don't like another i don't like hundreds of things about this movie they have modern cell phones and they use them to call each other yeah they do not text yeah so like there's a lot of times where you could send a simple text to inform people what's going on they don't do it right when ryan gosling shows up outside her house he just ha- like lays on the horn he just lays on the, which is like the most annoying person i hate when people <laughs> do that on our street i hear people do it sometimes they'll honk and i'm just it pisses me off so bad but in his brain it's quaint it's jazz it's quaint it's, it's loud jazz. yeah it's the <laughs> trumpet i'm i'm blowing my trumpet everything's music to me <laughs> so lame um uh, back to moonlight by the way it was the second lowest grossing uh, winner of best film um, behind the Hurt Locker. So the Hurt Locker made okay. less money, but this that was, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough sh- to get people to go watch the Hurt Locker. That's war stuff. Yeah, that's bomb stuff. I, I want to watch that. I heard it's really good. But... Uh, me too, but I don't. I never watched it because yeah, it's, it's too much bomb. It's scary. Yeah. yeah, we got the New York Times this week. That's like the Hurt Locker of that's newspapers. The Hurt Locker of newspapers during wartime. It's a. I'm sure they sell so many New York Times when yeah. there's. Uh, explosions on the front page Mm -hmm. but yeah we got a wartime newspaper i didn't want to watch a wartime movie wartime movie but yeah um people aren't going to go watch a gay black movie in in droves no maybe now maybe now more but not you know yeah yeah, more now uh i the last thing i'll say about la la land is that i do think that I do think the reason that people even considered it as a nominee for Best Picture is because it's propaganda for Hollywood. Yeah. The whole movie is just about people moving to, like, people who move to L.A. to become entertainers, and then it portrays them, like, first of all, being successful and Mm -hmm. falling in love with each other. Right. And I also, I don't want to say, like, I get that the movie's, like, supposed to be fun and colorful. I really liked, like, all of the the coloring and all of the lighting in the movie. Mm -hmm. It looks really good. It's a fun movie, but... It's the way that they, but it is like Hollywood propaganda because it has all that nostalgia for all the old movies, yes. you know? It's old white old Hollywood. Old white Hollywood, yeah. It's like, <clears throat> it's trying to reach some girl in Iowa. Yeah. Who's the hottest person in her town. Yeah. It's like, come to LA. We're, we have a perfect town for you to yeah. come explore. And really, it's just like, we're going to chew you up in 18 months and spit you out. Yeah, you're going to come here. You're going to see that there's a lot of Latinos and you're going to be scared because you're racist. <laughs> La La Land, in the La La Land world, there there's are no, no Hispanics. Latin- there's, there's no Latinos. N- no Mexicans. We no. got no Persians. No Asians. All of the black guys are 80. Yeah. That's that's the this is a this it's kind of scary that this is someone's <laughs> ideal version of LA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like a little. It's creepy. Wild to, it's creepy. I think it is. I feel confident in saying this is the whitest movie I've ever seen. I think it's even whiter than Lord of the Rings. Okay, I'm gonna I'll 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 back you on that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a very white movie. Um, but I'm glad we did the double feature. Yeah, it was a, it was good to compare. It the was two. a good juxtaposition of 2016. Also, those movies I also felt bad when those movies came out that I didn't watch Moonlight. All I, my only opinion was, was I was like, well, La La Land wasn't good, but now I watch both, so I get to make an informed opinion about the two movies. Yeah. I yeah. think it's good that after we watched Heist, which is an objectively bad movie, 
to pursue the two best movies of the year. Yeah, no, that was good. That was a good like bounce back. I think we're back. We're back. We bounced back hard. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about the news? Yeah, we, uh, let's talk about Gaza. Yeah. Um, it's week three of us reporting on the war. We're gonna do our best. Yeah, I don't. I like I was telling you before. There are things to talk about, like topic points, but the real big thing is that Gaza's just getting bombed like hell, and they're just losing people every day. It seems that more and people are dying. More people are dying a lot of, and just a day lot, after a lot day, of kids are dying, and it's just a humanitarian crisis. At this, yeah, and yeah, um, it it is really sad um, to try and follow, but. There is some like narrative to why they're ramping up the bombing. I think they're gonna invade, ground invade. Mm-hmm. So that's their theory. You you were kind of saying that if they can't bomb it forever, you can't bomb it forever. I think what they're doing, what like a U.S. general has described as constructing a battlefield, which is you just bomb the hell out of urban areas, so then you know where your army can be safe to move through. Mm. So. That's the strategy. I'm sure they don't want to invade. Um, but you, you don't think Israel wants to invade? No, because it would just be a loss of uh, is, Israeli life. Yes. Whereas like the bombing is obviously effective in killing people. Yeah. And so they bombed North Gaza, and they said, you have to leave North Gaza. And then now they've started to bomb South Gaza. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, there's just... I, I mean, the, the numbers are just going up and up for Palestinians. We're up to like last time I checked about 6,000 Palestinians that have been killed, confirmed killed, but also that doesn't count um, injuries, which is like 16, 17,000 right. people that have been injured. And then also people who are missing. missing, which if you count that, I mean, and they're all, those people are dead, you know, right. like you can't, those if, if people are missing, they're very likely dead. So the number of dead Palestinians is close to probably, at least, um, you know, seven or 8,000. Yeah. So today's Wednesday. We were recording on Wednesdays, which is a good schedule for us. I like, yeah, but on Monday was the highest death toll in Palestine. And then Tuesday was the highest. So they keep, uh, exponentially killing Palestinians. So I don't, those are just, those are just uh, missiles that are going into various different areas, right? Correct. It's just airstrikes. Cause with the hospital, it was a big news story because there was a controversy of, whether Israel did it or not. And it right. was 400 deaths all at once, but like there's more people dying every day, but because it's right. all separated into different areas, it's like not being reported on the same way. That was a big part of our episode last week. Cause it happened a week ago today. Yeah. So when we woke up in the morning, it was, it was us consuming that news real time. Yeah. It's been in the news a lot because a lot of publications have backtracked on what they said and apologized for speculation. Did they, I, is it the fact that, Everyone speculated that Israel was not responsible, and now they're backtracking on that? No, I think a major publication speculated that Israel was responsible. Okay. But then there's been enough backlash from the Israeli government saying that was not us. Yeah. And so publications like the BBC and the New York Times. New York Times uh, had an article today. We got premium news this week. We got a newspaper. We got a newspaper. Premium news is back, and um, they have like an editorial apology not saying they were wrong but saying that they were wrong to report without enough information yeah so it's not that uh it's been proven one way or another where that bomb came from but publications have apologized for reporting without enough information yeah didn't you said the variety the magazine that is that an entertainment yeah variety is like 
um, industry trade magazine. It like lets you know who's the CEO of Disney and if Ryan Gosling uh, is going to do another movie or not. Mm-hmm. They came out with a headline that was attacking the BBC. Yeah. And it was like, BBC reporter admits to being wrong. Um, and it's a misleading headline because they're saying that like the BBC reporter was wrong. But the BBC reporter admitted to being wrong to speculate. They shouldn't have been speculating. You about can't who, speculate. If you're yeah. a journalist, you just got to say what you can uh, find from information. Yeah. But the variety is stepping into the ring of the war. That's right. Yeah. And they're saying the BBC admits to being wrong. At one point, they were talking about uh, Amber Heard pooping on Johnny Depp's bed. <laughs> And now they're they're talking about how the BBC is. Uh, you shouldn't be reading the BBC, frankly, because they're no. speculating on the war. If so. you want to learn about what's going on in Gaza, just read a little bit of Variety. You should read Variety. Yeah, you can hear about. You can read about um, Brad Pitt's new man bun. He's br- <laughs> he's bringing back the man bun. <laughs> I actually don't read Variety. I don't really know what they report on, but uh, it can't be as important as the BBC. It's like buttoned up TMZ. It's but yeah, that's what like you're saying. They it's professional because the entertainment industry makes enough money where like a right. trade magazine is required. But it's you know it's entertainment. Yeah, they they will report on nip slips, but they don't call it a nipple slip. They call it wardrobe malfunctions. <laughs> <laughs> they call it a nip. They call it a areola release. <clears throat> that's how they they, they dress it up. <clears throat> so I watched um. I watched a couple Vox videos. Um, they do like video essays on YouTube about just the history of Israel and Palestine. Mm-hmm. I think um, one thing that was interesting to me was they did a video about um, when it, when Hamas initially attacked Israel and there were all those um, Israeli civilians that died. The Israeli, the IDF was like, not responsive to those people sometimes it took like eight or eight and a half hours for them to get to those victims and they were just asking like why did it take the idf so long to help those people and the long and short of it is that a lot of israeli military is stationed in the west bank not near gaza right because they just the idf is there to protect settlers so that the small pockets of Palestinians that still live in the West Bank, which has been like shrinking rapidly over the years, right? They just want to protect those settlers that are going into the West Bank, right? That, if you consider this to be an ongoing conflict, that was their frontier. Yeah, Gaza was under control as an open air prison, and no one is attempting, no Israelis are attempting to settle there. That's why there was an opening, probably for Hamas to. Now I'm speculating. I don't know, but I think that's why there's an opening for them to uh, attack in the first place. Is because there wasn't a lot of military right. stationed at those places. I'm not speculating. Actually, that's from an article that I read. Yeah, and we'll yeah. speculate on this podcast. Yeah, I'm not we're not above <laughs> speculation. We're not BBC. I guess I will not apologize for speculation. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what the, we're doing over here. Yeah, I heard Netanyahu's trans. <laughs> I mean, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> Is it good they have pronouns? Uh, yes, they he. They oh, <laughs> they he her. They he her. Yeah. <laughs> well, good, good for, for Ben. For, good for them. Yeah. Good for Benny. So yeah. Anyway, but but that was a reason why. That that was one of the reasons why it was took it took so long for them to. Uh, respond to right. the actual people that needed help. Right. Because their military force was in a, a different place. And now they've ramped up kind of the violence in the West Bank as well. A hundred Palestinians have died. Yeah. 
so there, there's more violence over there. And then on that tip, also there's violence um, on the, um, sorry, the, the the Lebanon border. Yeah, that's right. It would be the northern border. The northern border. To Israel is Lebanon. And I, yeah, they're, they're firing shots back and forth. Yeah. And then that, um, the fighting there is backed by Iran. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, I, I, do you know what Hezbollah is? I didn't look into it. I think it's the military arm of Lebanon. Okay. So Hezbollah is backed by Iran. And so uh, according to the New York times article that I read, it's, it puts Israel in a tough position cause they don't want to be in two wars. Right. They, they don't want to be fighting in Gaza. And then also they can't, they can't fight Iran. Right. So <clears throat> That's kind of the other aspect of what's happening right yeah, now. Yeah, the conflict is expanding to to multiple fronts. Yeah, but ultimately, I mean, all that matters is that there's just, like, a bunch of people, like, civilians dying in Gaza. And so, like, the they're trying to get aid into Gaza, but it's just, it's trickling in so slowly. I feel like the term that I hear over and over, it's like, well, it's just a drop in the ocean. At this point, I'm getting kind of sick of that analogy. Oh, yeah. I just keep hearing it over and over again, but... I guess it's a good way to explain that it's just tough to get in those convoys. It's really tough to get in. Yeah, I think that I saw a number that they would need 100 trucks coming in a day if it was not wartime. Yeah. Just to support the 2.2 million people of Gaza. But now they're getting in like 15 trucks or something like that. So there's aid coming in, but it's a trickle. Yeah. And it's still good. It's good. Um, the um, British uh, Prime Minister is fighting to get aid into there. I think they um, put in $24 million worth of like food and maybe other resources. And I, bl- I believe the U.S. is also We gave them $100 money. million. Dollars. We gave them $100 million. Which, um, yeah, small amount of money. Yeah, compared to the amount of military support we're giving Israel. Instead of giving them... A hundred million dollars of food. We could give them one fighter jet. We could, yeah. They could share a fighter jet. I know <laughs> that that sh- it's it's like you can choose. You can have the fighter jet, or you can have this food, all of, food for a week. Food. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's getting really bad. So like hospitals are running out of resources. Six of the hospitals in Gaza are just like incapacitated. They're not working anymore, and then they're they're having to do like surgeries without anesthesia. It's getting like that bad. Uh, on people uh, one of our friends Lynn Molly I, I reached out to her because um, they're part of like a comedy group the show is called Hilarious Habibis yeah and I just needed to some some help on figuring out like a good charity to give to so yeah we'll, we'll post this on our Instagram but um, it's called PCRF I believe yeah um, I have it pulled up right here Palestine Palestine Children's Relief Fund and basically they just um, are giving you know, water, food, medical aid, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a good cause. And they're in they're in Gaza. I was I was watching a, a CNN video today. They 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 have like a a station like at a UN base basically. Mm-hmm. So they're already in, but they're just trying to get more aid. Yeah, we can't do much, but we could do something. Yeah, I'll give some money to that. I I already looked into it. It's good. I'm the kind of person that's always skeptical of when yeah. there's like a crisis and then like all these charities pop up and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just gave a weird guy a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm but this sure. one I think is vetted. It's vetted. Yeah, and this will be good. This I'll donate as well. 
Yeah. It'll make me feel good. I got some taxpayer money going to the bombs dropping yeah. on uh, Gaza. So we'll give we'll give some charity money to the to the relief to the relief. Yeah, we're basically like the U.S. government, <clears throat> although yes. it's not my choice. No, that, that and I'm I think I'm giving Israel. them more. Uh, I'm giving them more balanced. Um, yeah, we are donation <laughs> in like, percentage. I, I'm, wise. I'm giving like twenty five dollars to each cause. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, we'll post that on the Instagram, but. That's that's one charity that we looked into. Yeah, that was my goal for the week. I wanted to look into it. I charity. think it's good. I'm glad we're doing it because it does feel like a helpless situation. Yeah, um, but this is a thing that we can do. Yeah, so it's something. I don't know. Maybe they'll steal our money. I don't know, but I don't think they will. <laughs> they they seem very vetted. Right. I don't I don't think that they're going to be more corrupt than where my tax money goes. No, I don't think so. Um, but. Yeah. Other than that, I w- I also just watched a different video about the history of the Nakba in 1948. I, I don't really, we don't need to go into a long conversation about it, but basically um, England is very responsible for the issue that we have today. Yeah. They, you know, before World War II, even like in the early 1900s, they were backing the Arab nations because they wanted, they wanted to have Palestine in control so that they could have a clear route to India. Yeah. Um, but then because of anti-semitism like um a lot of jewish people started moving into palestine as a place to go to and then they started supporting like the zionist state and supporting jews going into palestine and then everybody started fighting and then england was like whoa 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 this is right uh we don't want this anymore we didn't so, want it, didn't sign up for all of this no so they just gave it to the they just dropped the problem we just wanted to UN's. rule the world we just yeah. wanted to control every nation we just wanted to clear out to india <laughs> <laughs> they had they they had more troops stationed in Palestine at a certain point than India oh, at wow. a certain point. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um but then they dropped into the UN's lap and then the UN had to figure out the crisis. Um, yeah. and then we, and then the Holocaust, World War 2 and then um obviously 1948 which is where uh people are just uh, expelling Palestinians out of right. their own land. Right. Yeah, a lot more Jews after World War 2. Yeah. But it, um, I, I guess my takeaway was like I didn't realize that all this started before World War Two. Yeah, um, I thought this was a product of the Holocaust, and it's it, it's been an issue that's happening, yeah. been happening before, and it's all Europe's fault. <laughs> it's is, all Europe's fault. Yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, it's different people's fault over the years, but this started with the the classic colonialism, you right? Know? Which maybe a lot of people know, but I didn't know that. So yeah, if that's, you if you dig deep enough, England is to blame. Yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. I should have known. Well, now the UN is still uh, in charge over there, I guess, of trying to keep the peace. 34 UN members have died in bombings of Gaza, and the Attorney General of the Union of, of the UN um, has accused Israel of war crimes. Yeah. And Israel has responded by demanding he resign. Didn't he say that he was like, he didn't even say anything that inflammatory. He was just like, there's more context required for this or something. He said something like that. Um, but it, I think what he said ultimately wasn't that inflammatory. No, I mean, it's like pretty cut and dry. Yeah. But the Israeli response is like, well, you should resign. Well, you should resign. You should yeah. not be a part of the UN because we want to we wanna, um, kill all these people uh-huh. <laughs> and take this <laughs> land. <laughs> Can you just resign, please? Can you just let us do what we want to You're do? You're getting in our way. Yeah. So I think uh, we have more evidence this week uh, that Biden is a bitch. I, 
think we have I think we're building our argument. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were right. Too. Last week it was speculation. Last week it was speculation, but this week we have more evidence to confirm that Biden is truly being a bitch. He's being a huge bitch. Um we can talk about other news. Yeah, let's they almost uh have a speaker of the house. Well, yeah. I mean, not, they nominated another guy. They got another Jim Jordan didn't cut it. Yeah. He attempted and then they ultimately said no. And then um, a bunch of nominees came for, or a bunch of uh, attempted nominees came forward, and they they finally got a guy. What's his name? Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson. Yeah. Mike Johnson's going to attempt to be the Speaker of the House. I don't. I don't know when they vote on it. Surely before this podcast will come out. So we'll. Okay. We're talking a little bit in the past to our listeners. Um, he's a you know election denier anti-contraception type of guy he's a trump guy what, what do you mean anti-contraception he's um like, anti-abortion and uh really the pill wow yeah cool yeah i'm if, glad that guy's gonna be the speaker of the house he's anti-social he doesn't security want condoms. no condoms <laughs> no condoms he said, no he's <laughs> he says if uh more people had babies then social security would be more secure okay we need more workers we can't have condoms we need more employees okay <laughs> so he's in the running we'll see the house seems truly uh handicapped yeah um i guess because i didn't know i asked you if democrats can yeah. seek to like nominate their own person yeah they do and they do they are in solidarity attempting to elect somebody but they're a minority so it'll unless they were to trick Republicans to vote for this guy. It's oh, not man. happening. I wish that was my job. I would be so good at tricking Republicans. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that would be so cool. That that should just be a job to like the the Democrats pick a nominee and then my job is like I That's have like to That's like what lobbying is. That's I, what a lobbyist is. I want to be a lobbyist, I guess. You get paid to trick uh politicians. I'd be so good at that, I think. <laughs> I'd be so I'm so I just I I think I could like speak their language, you know. And of course, George Santos is an important vote in all of this, I think it's so funny that he could ultimately decide who gets to be the Speaker of the House. Really, I didn't. I didn't know. I that. mean, I, yeah, yeah, just because the votes are coming, like they're so mar- marginal, so thing. marginal yeah. that that George Santos has a huge vote. We're on watch. I haven't seen much of him. No, this week there wasn't a lot of news about him, but no. I'm I'm hoping he plays a critical role. My dad ch- sent me a shout out, uh, Dad. Um, he sent me an article about how. A new George Santos lie was that his niece was kidnapped. He said his niece was kidnapped by two Chinese guys <laughs> who then 40 minutes later, he found his niece like standing next to them like, yeah. as like a threat. Like, we're going to give you your niece back. Right. But we kidnapped her for 40 minutes. Okay. And uh, yeah, the chief of police in New York is like, that That probably didn't happen. He just watched uh, Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> 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 he just he, and then he had a weird dream. What yeah? What is inspiring George Santos lies? I uh, dreams. I dreams think, and movies. I, I think he. I think he watches <laughs> scary movies. Uh-huh. He falls asleep and then he is a good enough liar that he just starts fabricating his reality. I think he's lying to himself at this point. You know. True. Um, well, I still love him, and I and I I don't know. I did say I want to actually correct one thing I said last week. I said he's certainly going to jail. I want to leave out a little bit of hope i think he could escape he could escape i think he could escape no yeah oh yes yeah i think he, he could, could, he could shawshank style dig a hole 
Shawshank, Catch Me If You Can. He's a combination of all the great <laughs> escape artists and villains yeah. of our time. George Santos has crawled through 10 miles of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but instead of like building a boat in Mexico, he's just gonna go do drag in uh, some country. Yeah, he's gonna be drag in the Philippines. Yeah, I don't hear much from George, but every once in a while I get a postcard <laughs> of him, <laughs> of a drag queen, and I know it's him. It's just Morgan Freeman narrating George Santos after. Um, you want me to drop the premium news uh, segment this week? Oh, yeah, I'm down. This has been all a little bit influenced by premium news. Once you buy the New York Times, it is... It's it's less scary to me now when I read the articles, especially when it's um, about serious stuff like Israel and Palestine. They write better, I've noticed. The articles are written better because when they don't have stuff to write about, they still have to fill all of that word count. Right. And then they get really flowery with their language. But I read an article in this edition and it was like really cut and dry. Yep. And I was kind of like, Ugh, this kind of sounds like the internet. <laughs> yeah. You know, like when uh-huh. they actually have stuff to talk about. Um Yeah, I think once you're dealing with war, like your journalistic principles are even heightened. Has to be concise. You cannot fuck up. You can't if a typo in an article about war is a disgrace. Yeah. Yeah. Um Chevron bought a smaller fossil fuel company and Exxon also bought a smaller fossil fuel company. So these two uh, giants of oil have uh, Chevron spent 53 billion and Exxon spent 60 billion and they're just buying up smaller people um, in America and South America. And part of the philosophy is that it's less chaotic than maybe Middle Eastern oil to, to buy "Quote unquote domestic oil. It's not domestic, but it's closer. It's closer than than Middle Eastern oil. And you were saying maybe because of what's happening in Gaza. Like yeah, I, I is... think so. I think the heightened uh, conflict is a good incentive to invest in South American oil and mm. American sh- uh, uh, slate, slate, something like that. Yeah, yeah. The Exxon deal. They bought um, Pioneer Natural Resources." And the Chevron deal, they bought Hess, which is in uh, Guyana, which is like South America, South America, north of Brazil. It's Amazon rainforest oil. Yeah. Which is the oil that we use in in California. We use Amazon rainforest oil. Oh, really? Yeah. The East Coast, they get Middle Eastern oil. Okay. Yeah. Dang. And that could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm close. I like that. I don't care if it's wrong. It sounds good. Thank you. Yeah. I like that idea that that we source locally. Yeah, we have locally sourced oil. How about that for the farmers market? I'm gonna start selling locally sourced (laughs) (laughs) fossil fuels. Yeah, we get them up in our farm in Santa Barbara. We drill. I'm just gonna like buy an oil rig. I don't know if I've (laughs) talked about this on the podcast before, but like my dream is to buy just one of those California oil rigs. Yeah, we see them. They're around town a lot. They're around town. L.A. is like the city that has the most oil rigs. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I want to buy one, and then I'm gonna start bringing it by the pint. Local oil at the farmers market. Local oil to my farm to the farmers market. <laughs> I'm gonna wear a, a, a farmer's hat and a, I'm gonna dress like um. Buy local. Buy local. You're destroying the rainforest. I'm gonna dress like um uh like in the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. What's yeah. That? Like yeah, there will yeah, be blood. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm an oil man. You're gonna dress like an oil. <laughs> That's right. oil man yeah. from a hundred years ago. Don't buy. Don't buy from these big co- companies. <laughs> buy locally. <laughs> <laughs> We 
so soakly. I do it all. Me and my son, HW. <laughs> I'm going to get like a We little, do it all by ourselves. I'm going to get a little white boy. That's my son. <laughs> a deaf white boy? Me and my boy, HW, we do it all by ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> California oil. That's what you want. You don't want Brazilian. That's no good. <laughs> you don't I'd, want one Middle Eastern. I'd buy from you. What do you think? Uh, would you have like a gas pump maybe? <laughs> like at the you could just market. like pull your car up through the farmer's market yeah and you'll, you'll fill it up oh no i'll pump yeah and i'll have my son hw go get the pump <laughs> fill this man's up fill this man up <laughs> i'm i'm the reason that cars are driving through the farmer's market yeah. it's like we are ruining you <laughs> i'm just bringing like a caravan of like cars like trucks like f-150s through the farmer's market because <laughs> it's the this cheapest is, oil this is way more ethical than anything that you put in your car 4.99 a gallon much cheaper than you get at arco <laughs> you can trust us this is a family business it's a family business <laughs> i like that idea yeah what are you gonna call it oof i don't know um I'll, I'll, I, it could probably depend on where I get my oil, oil rig set up. So if it's yeah. like from Huntington Beach, I'd call it like Huntington, Huntington, uh, okay. or maybe like Patel and Sons. I was thinking Milan and Sons. Patel and Sons Patel is and good. Son. Yeah. Patel and Sons oil. Patel and Sons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else going on? Yeah, I have a few other things. Um. So surveys. Uh, there was a survey that showed that more Americans are supporting political violence ahead of the 2024 election. Um, so nearly a quarter of Americans, 23% agree that because things have gotten so far off track, true American patriots may have to resort to violence or in order to save our country, oh, no. according to this survey. Yeah. <laughs> and this is up from 15% in 2021, which still seems kind of high to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess it's like higher now. What's the percentage now? It's 23%. Oh, okay. That's so a lot. a quarter of Americans, One in four are, Americans. are ready to throw down. <laughs> that should have been the article. One in four Americans are ready to throw down. They fight for their freedom. Yeah. Um, currently, one-third of Republicans support violence as a means to save the country compared to 22% of independents and 13% of Democrats, according to this survey. So um, That sounds bad. I don't know if you guys are ready to fight, but... They are. <laughs> Um, we might need to fight for the for this election. All right. Uh, I don't know. It's just anytime they show these articles, there's like a photo of a proud boy. Yeah. And he's wearing like rainbow, maybe not rainbow, but just like red sunglasses. You know, they dress like yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, but this is the same guy that when you go like to the lake and there's like a guy with a boat and he has the weird sunglasses. I mean, right. that's that guy. Yeah. He's going to fight. He wants to fight at the boat. He's going to fight because you're ta- at the boat ramp because he's like, hey, come on. We got to get our boat out. You know? It's like, that's the same guy. Will you fight over politics? I'll fight at the I'll boat fight ramp. A- <laughs> I'll fight at the diner. I don't I'll give fight a at shit. the Chili's. I don't care. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. Who did you survey? <laughs> did you guys just like survey at the lake? They went to the lake at the boat ramp and asked every guy with a truck and a boat, would you fight would you for fight your freedom? Your- yeah. Would you fight your- to save your country? Yeah. Goddamn right. That's goddamn right. Yeah. This guy with a Kid Rock bumper sticker on his boat. <laughs> With a thin blue line, a bumper sticker on your boat. <laughs> Damn right I would. Um, so I don't know. I I I just think I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I'm not worried. I I don't think people are gonna fight. No. But that's just what this survey was saying. Um, there was another kind of 
silly article there was a there's like a virginia police car and then somebody like they the virginia police found a police car and then in in the passenger seat there was like a uh like a mannequin of a cartoon pig like it had like a cartoon pig mask and, okay. then, a, and then a shirt that said i can't breathe so it was like a blm right thing. and they're trying to figure out who the cop car belongs to um are they blaming the cop no they're they're not blaming they're the saying cops. that like probably like they just some... found a cop car they don't know who it was issued to oh okay yeah it could so just someone be an old... stole a yeah. cop car maybe it, it could have been a stolen cop car it could have just been like an you know like they, there's old cop cars too right yeah you can buy like at auction an old cop car so it might have just been an expensive protest i think they're pretty cheap oh they are cheap okay i don't know i guess like you would have to like dress it up to look like a cop car again because yeah, yeah. they would like take all the stickers off cops hate that you're allowed to like buy old cop cars yeah i, I and people drive them around la cops it's, hate it i i love that we yeah can me buy too them. i maybe i should buy one actually you would get pulled over way more than you do now oh you, i would oh yeah okay i'm not gonna do it then just to check in on you why you got an old cop car yeah oh i thought you were uh one of my buddies sorry yeah, yeah. why you got this car anyway yeah i bought it for three grand i'm and- undercover you idiot <laughs> You asshole. In a cop car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm undercover in a cop car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a stand-up comedian slash uh, undercover police officer. <laughs> That's going your to, official title. Going to San Diego, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the LAPD stand-up comedy unit. Yeah. I go to I go to stand-up comedy shows and bust people for for uh weed yeah stuff that's legal yeah we've talked about it before you went to a police academy and at first you were like i, I want to be uh like they do in fast and furious yeah, i, I want to be brian I but be they were brian. like we don't have that and you're like i'll do stand-up comedy I'll they're like st- okay yeah okay we need a stand-up unit tell us what's going on in that scene yeah <laughs> we need i'm just narking on everyone <laughs> in the stand-up <laughs> scene um i don't know there wasn't much of that story but um it was that's internet news it just if you want to compare the internet news to what that's one of those things where it's like it's Times. just a headline that makes you feel some way yeah but then there's nothing else to it it's a stat no it's with, a stat. that we can't really back up i i have i have one that has a little bit more substance okay. uh there is a ukrainian bank hack so um according there's like a bo- according to a blog post last week there were hackers from two groups that um said that they hacked into a russian bank called alpha bank and then apparently this bank is known for like catering to russia's upper echelon Mm -hmm. uh such a scumbag name for a bank alpha bank alpha bank do you want you want to know how it's spelled yeah a-l-f-a okay it's not even spelled (laughs) like a normal alpha all right doesn't alpha bank sound like alphabet a little bit alpha bank yeah a little bit yeah um and so the u.s government sanctioned this bank and a lot of its board members uh, after Russia invaded the Ukraine. So um, <clears throat> America's against this bank. These Russian, or these Ukrainian hackers claim that they've hacked in. They had like screenshots basically to okay. show evidence that they hacked in. And yeah. they had like people's like personal information that they showed. Um, so we don't know for sure if, if, if it's happened, but apparently they hacked in. I like a good hacker story. I love a hacker very rarely does a hacker do something that bothers me. I mostly chose this article because we love, because uh, well, we watch heist movies and we yeah. didn't get to watch, we watched two me- movies and neither of them were heists. And so yeah. this felt like in line with what we like. 
It's true. Yeah, we we strayed away from the heist concept this week. Yeah, but 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 now we have a real a real situation of a heist. Yeah, yeah, of like hacking into. So so they were talking about how when um there was the war between Ukraine and Russia, they were worried that Russia was gonna like use their hackers who are like super mm-hmm. knowledgeable to. They got great hackers. Yeah, to like shut down electric electrical grids, etc., and just like really just cause like a big mess in the Ukraine. And they did, but not to the extent that they thought they were going to do. Um and so I guess this is um Ukraine Ukrainians showing they can also hack. <laughs> I love it. There's something in the water over there. Those guys learn how to hack. Yeah. I wish I could hack. I mean, I I don't know what I would want to do, but I do wish I could hack. It'd be cool. Yeah. Not not like I don't want to ruin any person's life, but I want to do stuff like this, you know. I want to Yeah, I, 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 we were big fans of the uh, hackers that attacked Vegas. Yeah, yeah. There's not really a victim in the crime. I want to be a hacktivist. That's what they call it. Hacktivist. Them. Hacktivist, yeah. That's what the article called it. Do hacktivists get rich though? No, I don't think that's oh, okay. that's about that though. Oh, okay, right. You, but you want to get rich. I think if I'm going to be a hacker, if I'm going to be in the hacking game, yeah. there's going to have to be some money wired into Sam's account. <laughs> yeah. I can't just be a hacktivist. I I I I, I want to know what your hacker name would be cuz I, I you can't have your name be Sam that. the hacker? Sam the hacker. Why not? Yeah, sacker. <laughs> Sam the ha- there's Sam a lot the of hacker. Sams, no one would know. No. <clears throat> that's true, but I would it's a little risky, man, to go with Sam the hacker. Um I'll go with it though. If you want to be Sam the hacker, I'll Sam I'll, the hacker. I'll, I'll support you. Yeah. I would be called um I don't know. Uh M M M wipe. M wipe. M wipe. Okay. Like I I wipe your hard drive. Yeah. M wipe. I'd be more of a swipe guy. Swipe. You're, you know, you're, how about your swipe and I'm wipe? I like that. Swipe and wipe. Swipe and wipe. Swipe means that i keep the stuff you keep yeah you just wipe i I wipe but that's those are our different ideals like you like to keep the money for yourself i just want to clear the grid and have people start over yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um there's another do you have another article um no i thought there was a video that was really funny um a journalist asked Mike Johnson, like, hey, like, you were one of the guys who uh, tried to overturn the 2020 election, which is true, and he does not uh, deny that. He, like, thinks that's good. Yeah. But when they asked him that question, he was, like, surrounded by, like, like 20 old white people, I guess, who are in Congress, too. It kind of looked like a rap battle, like how you're surrounded was, by your supporters. It looked like an episode of Wild and Out, essentially. Yeah. And, yeah. and like right when they asked that question, all of the ancient white people behind them just right. were like, <laughs> boo, yeah. shut up, shut up, yeah. focus on 2024. <laughs> right. And it was like, are you, are you saying yes or no? Like, why can't we answer? Why can't we talk about this? Yeah, you see, because you were saying it's not something that he's backtracked on. No, this is a big it's part not of a his scandal. This or is anything. why people like him. Yeah, but but now, like when they ask him about it, apparently it's like a faux pas. It's like it's like bad journalism. Talk like, about the future. Yeah, stop talking about the past. <laughs> when our nominee for the House of Representatives was saying that the election was stolen and uh, led to uh, a non peaceful. Uh, transition of power right yeah which is like super important in our democracy it's a pretty huge claim yeah that you're not backing down from why is it an unfair question i don't know yeah ask him about something important you know (laughs) 
um, I, I like these diversion tactics. Uh, George Santos had the baby that he was using yeah. to, to when he was carrying a baby to like hide from the press. And he's like, I'm holding a baby. And this guy just has like an old, <laughs> just a group of like old people behind him. He's got him. an entourage. He's got, an, uh, he's got a posse of like, <laughs> you know, there's like an old lady next to him. I don't even know who she was. But I have no I idea. don't know if she's in politics She was or the not. one who was like, shut up, shut up. Shut up. Yeah, he's, they've just, they've just got a whole cavalcade of like old people with tasers <laughs> and like spears behind him. Ask a regular question. <laughs> Get him, Eunice. <laughs> Just attacking the press. There's another thing he said um, after one of the State of the Union addresses that Trump gave. Nancy Pelosi had to like sit behind him or whatever. Yeah, and then she like tore up the speech afterwards as like a symbolic like this sucks, Trump sucks thing. And so Mike Johnson like got on Fox News later that day and he was like. That's actually a felony, and we should arrest her. That's actually illegal, actually. <laughs> when she ripped up that paper, yeah, that's a felony, and she needs to go to jail. Like the most annoying guy in your high school class. He's like, actually, <laughs> that was uh, actually illegal. When, he, <laughs> like, when you like when he's getting bullied, he's like, he actually touched me on my chest, and that is actually illegal, sir. <laughs> it's like, shut up. You're getting you're bullied. Te- it's like yeah. that is assault. That is assault. I could, I could call my, I could call I, the police. I will sue. Yeah. Um, that it, <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. It's just like being in like middle school. <laughs> so I shut up. I, I found out who this guy was today, and and this is how much I've consumed about him so far. <laughs> I'm glad you like looked into him because I didn't do any research. And it's so funny. Like anytime you look into these like Republican nominees for like for to be the speaker of the house, they they're all so weird. They're so no one's like regular. They're, they they're can't not, find a normal, per- and it kind of makes sense that like you got to be a freak to want to pursue this type of life. Yeah, but give me you, a regular guy. You would think at some point they would like find a nom. I think that's why it's so hard for for them to find a nominee because there's so many weirdos in in the House of Representatives. So many weirdos. So many egos. Yeah. So many crazies. Because if if you could just find like a regular dude who wasn't super weird, I mean, it would just be great for the Republicans, right? It they, well. I think the big chasm is between MAGA and the rest of the Republicans who want to like they're just be divided as an a, institution. Yeah. Okay. So if you got a regular guy in there, I don't think that he would try and overturn the election. Yeah. Whereas, uh, I, there were multiple people trying to become the nominee for this. Seven out of nine of them are election deniers, and then Mike Johnson is like a big. He's like a. They say that he like constructed the January 6th attempt to overturn the election. Oh, really? He's like a mastermind in some I didn't some know way. that. He's big into it. So you can't... The answer is no. You can't be a regular person and, and get elected as the Speaker of the House okay. in a Republican-dominated Congress. All right. Well, this is good for my future career as a lobbyist. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna get in with these guys. I'm going to be like, hey, so I heard you don't like condoms. Me either, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Never use them. <laughs> Let's say me and you and Eunice go get some coffee later. <laughs> I would woo Eunice. I would woo that old woman next to him. Um, I think if you're a lobbyist, you do have to respect the orgy culture in Congress. Yeah, yeah, you do. You got, you got to, you got to respect that. You got to be a part of it. You know. Yeah. You don't have to have sex, but you no. got to be a part of it. You got to be chill about it. Mm-hmm. You got, you have to be okay with it happening around you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I had one, I had one more story that we could do super quickly. Okay. Because we're about like over an hour now. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of immigrants going to North Dakota. 
Okay. Um, <clears throat> there's uh, a lot of companies that are having they're they're finding it hard to fill their positions, and so one company uh, they they joined a program called Uniting for Ukraine, which allows a legal pathway for Ukrainians to come to U.S. to work in North Dakota. Uh-huh. And then he said, like, not as a joke. He was like, "Well, the climate is not necessarily for everyone." which is why it's hard to get people to work here. So we're just getting people that are like used to like shitty climates. Yeah. I don't know if Ukraine has a shitty climate, but I assume it's cold as fuck. I bet it's bad. Yeah. So they're just getting those people. They're like, okay, there's a war. Uh, let's bring these people over. I to think North that's Dakota. great. Yeah. Which shows that North Dakota is marginally better than a war-torn country. I think that America <sighs> needs to take responsibility of a lot of future migration. Yeah. As the climate collapses, I think we have to invite a lot of people. Let, let's see how many Palestinians we take in. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we are accepting none at the moment. I'm sure, yeah. I'm uh, I'm positive we will not be as accepting as we are of the Ukrainians. No. A Ukrainian <clears throat> refugees, that's just a white guy. That's just a white we guy. We love that. We like that, yeah. Um, but I like the idea of putting white refugees in cold places. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of uh, refugees coming from the south, which is like uh, kind of a constant thing for us, um, they should be able to get to live, you know, in a climate that better suits them. I don't think we should be sending Guatemalans to North Dakota. No, I don't think that's fair. Uh, it, there is a big uh, Filipino population, not big, but there are there is a Filipino community in North Dakota as well. Okay. So they were talking to like uh, a woman who works in medicine. I forget if she's a nurse or something, but she was. But they, you know, that's a place for them to go to as well. Which uh, again, that's it seems like so out of your wheelhouse to be in North Dakota. It sucks, but. Um, it's one of our worst states. Well, dude, I've I've been to Sioux Falls, South Dakota before. Yeah. And it sucked. Yeah. I mean, it was like cold and depressed. It was like the birthplace of Oxy, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it felt. That's I, what I, it smells like there? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> this is where the opioid epidemic started. Is that where Mount Rushmore is? Did you see Mount Rushmore? No, I didn't see it. Um, I don't I don't think it's... I didn't see Mount Rushmore, so I don't think it's close to there. Okay. But, well, um, <clears throat> yeah. And North Dakota can only be uh, colder and have less stuff. And worse, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, they're trying to... They have, like, oil fields in North North Dakota, so they're trying to, like, fill positions for people in the petroleum industry. But what's interesting Good, is, get like, the refugees on oil rigs. <laughs> yeah, I know. The most dangerous job I can think of. I know, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Trump administration... W- tried to like empower the local communities in North Dakota to like not accept refugees for a long time. Yeah. Um, and so now it's like super divided because yes, people are immigrating there to work because they need, they desperately need people to work Yeah. there. But also the people that live there are like racist and they don't want immigrants right. because of Trump. Right. You know? So they're, they're just like, we don't want refugees. Like we could use those resources for local, like local, the, our local homeless people and stuff. You know? Right, but really they're just xenophobic and they don't want uh, people coming in. Well, damn. Just like, dude, you should be thankful that anybody wants to come to your shitty ass state. Like North Dakota sucks, you know. There's nothing there. No one wants to be on an oil rig and die in the snow. No, you should be. You thankful. got Ukrainian refugees coming in who are willing to do this impossible job. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> he's probably like a chemist back in the Ukraine. <laughs> now he has to like work at. Yeah, a, he's got an engineering degree. Yeah, probably. And yeah. now he he has to works ten times harder than anybody than anybody in North Dakota. He's got to sleep on an oil rig. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I just <laughs> <laughs> I I think this might have been the saddest article I read. <laughs> it's just like, oh man, North Dakota. Just the 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 name of the state bums me out. I'll be honest. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, North Dakota, adapt or die. Adapt or die. Yeah. That's and they're choosing death. They're choosing they're, death. They're choosing political violence. Maybe North Dakota is where they asked people, uh, are you willing to fight uh, for the country? Yeah, are you willing to fight for this for your freedoms and for this election? It's like, damn right. <laughs> <clears throat> Some drunk guy at like a um, dive bar. Um, cool. I think that's everything I wanted to talk about. Hell yeah. This was a good week. Yeah. Thanks, man. See you next time. See ya.